Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Freshen Up Energy. Listen, y'all know I'm a busy guy, and sometimes I need a bit of a boost, which is why I turn to Freshen Up Energy. With 100 milligrams of caffeine derived from coffee beans, vitamins B, C, and D, and zero sugar, Freshen Up has become my new go-to for getting things done. But hey, if you're new and want to try it yourself before getting a 30-serving dub, get yourself the four-star tube set with flavors such as blue raspberry, cherry blossom, more cherry, and freedom berry to see which one you like the most. With 15 flavors now and more on the way, I'm sure you'll find the one you love soon. And don't forget to use promo code PLUMES10 at checkout to save 10% of your order. And hey, if we get enough out there, maybe we'll even see a Plumes-themed flavor in the near future. Thinking something like Over the Moon for the name. But that promo code again is PLUMES10, and thank you to Freshen Up Energy for helping me bring this show to you. Without further ado, let's begin the episode. Welcome to Plumes Cast. My name is Seth, aka Phantasma Plumes. I'm coming to you pre-recorded from the Observatorium. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. Now, before I get started in here today, first and foremost, I think I now already know what I'm going to do my next podcast on, and that's going to be the imperfect search for perfection. Because, as some of you may know, I tried to record this podcast live last night. Uh, and tried it like three or four times. I would get on a tangent, it sound good, and then I'd lose my train of thought, and it'd just start fumbling out, and I'd be like, no, I don't like how I started with that, no, I don't like how this sounds. Basically, I came up with every reason in the world to stop recording and then restart. Today, very similar path. I purposely planned out my day, so that way I could go out, get some errands taken care of, come back, try to record. If it didn't work well, I was going to take a little bit of a break, read for a bit, and then try again. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to record this podcast. And sometimes I get 15 minutes out. Sometimes I get 30 minutes out. Sometimes I'd be close to finishing and just decide the whole thing was trash and then delete the whole thing because I was that much of a perfectionist. So I'm going to do myself a bit of a challenge here. Not because, one, I'm on a bit of a time constraint before my sweet fiancé comes home and I want to spend time with her the second she gets back, but also because I want to prove to myself that I can do a short-form podcast, get over everything I'm talking about, and more importantly, do it in a way that I can be extremely confident about throughout the entire runtime. Now, before I even get into that, I do want to preface this by saying... I'm not sitting here and criticizing all my past work, like the hour-long podcast, the 30-minute-long podcast, all that fun stuff. I'm not criticizing it. I love the conversations that we've had. It's just I need to be able to prove to myself right here and now that I can have this conversation with y'all. It doesn't need to be this long, drawn-out thing that I start questioning myself about. I can have a good, concise bit. And then next week... After we've done this podcast episode, I want to go into the deep depth of, like, why it's so fucked to be chasing after perfectionism. Because, you know what? To make mistakes is to be human. And how to be a little bit kinder to yourself as I go and teach myself, you know, a couple of different things. And remind myself, hey, this is something that 
it's not necessarily a professional podcast. It's me having fun talking with y'all and reminding y'all that no matter what you're doing in life, you are doing the best you can do at this current time. And more importantly, tomorrow will come. And also more importantly, on top of that, no matter what you've gone through in life, you can absolutely come back from it. And there are people out there who've gone through similar things and are still fighting now. You can't give up. That said, I really wanted to have a conversation with you all this week about being passive when being productive. Because as I told you all last week in the, you know, really just strained out words that came out of my mouth during last week's podcast, which I think in turn has made me try to be hyper perfect on this podcast is I've learned that sometimes when you're working on these big fucking projects that you have to take a step back. Even if you are the lead on this, you have to take a step back and let some of this play out because otherwise you're just going to stress yourself out to high hell. Now, this idea wasn't originally something I came up with. This was something that Reimu came up with and brought up to me, and she's like, you know what? I think you stumbled upon a really good topic for Plume's cast this week. I'm like, oh, elaborate. She says, you know, you made mention of how when you weren't productive, you'd shift to something else, and it just kind of, you know, cost you in some kind of way. Why don't you elaborate on that? So... I'm going to do just that. Thank you, Ramu, for the wonderful idea. <laughs> but seriously, this past couple of months, as I have worked with people above me, below me, in every different company that I've come across, I've learned that there are like really three big like benefits to being quote-unquote passive on a situation. And it's funny. When you talk about productivity especially in the modern age, people say you have to hustle. There are entire, you know, quote-unquote courses devote, or, uh, really focusing on waking up at 5 a.m. and going to the gym and doing things for yourself before you go into work. And then after you get off of work, you have to spend this much time on your side project to make it worthwhile. And here's like 30 AI books that I've quote-unquote written uh, to make this possible. It only costs you 50 bucks a month. There's so many products out there that advertise that they will cut down your time, ergo you have more time to do other things. Like the time devoted to checking emails, here's an email sorter. Uh, when you have new technology such as like voicemail, and which granted wasn't new technology to these days, but basically you didn't have to get back on the phone with somebody so quickly. We found avenues to save time. Ergo, we needed to be more productive with that saved time. Otherwise, we felt like we were lazy, unproductive sacks of shit. It's this horrible snake oil that has been sold to the poison that is working. And that, especially in the modern era, if you are not spending your time working on a side hustle, you are a failure. You are not, you're not going to make enough money to survive. You're not going to make enough money to buy a house. You're not going to make enough money to, you know, really do any of the things that the quote unquote American dream has promised you. And it's a terrible fucking curse, terrible fucking thing upon society that we have to feel like we have to continuously be working. So the idea of being passive while being productive is kind of a enigma in within itself. But I want to share with you like three things that really stood out to me when I finally just 
got to a point where I got so pissed off trying to be the lead and trying to take care of everything that I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I got to let things play out where they're going to play out. Did it cost me more time in the end? Possibly. I don't know if I was more aggressive going into the project, whether or not I could have saved myself a weekend of, you know, 40 plus hours worth of work. I could have spent that weekend relaxing, spending time with my fiance, going out and doing all these fun things. I can't answer that. It's in the past. It's happened. It's been a great experience for that. However, I want to, you know, say this. I don't regret that time spent because it gave me the ability to learn all this and to conceptualize all this. And more importantly, be able to teach it to y'all. So that way, the next time you're in the situation where you're working on a big group project, everything's going to shit, you take a step back. And I hope, you know, if this advice sticks with you, you let me know. I would love to hear, you know, your stories of, hey, yeah, no, I was heading a project. It was going to shit in another department. I did everything I could do. I took a step back and it felt so much better. You may not get all the rewards of it. You know, I'm currently going through that with some of the stuff that I was doing on the side that I've told a couple of people about. I've taken a massive step back. I won't be going to the event, quote unquote, um, or hint, hint rather, but I'm taking care of the smaller things and my stress levels dropped exponentially because I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I can't fix the problems that you won't address. And that honestly is one of the big things that being passive has taught me is that sometimes you be passive to avoid like really tense situations because when somebody won't acknowledge a problem, okay, when you are working with somebody that won't address the problem in the room and you either being above or beneath them make a comment about it, sometimes you just build this, you know, really tense environment. And if you're already in like a highly, you know, really, I guess, motivated or energized room where you're trying to figure out solutions and everything else. By taking that step back and saying, you know what? Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to deal with this or I'm not going to, you know, bring this problem to light. Now, if it's a major problem that's going to cause problems down the line, yeah, take a step forward and be the aggressor. Like it's such a delicate balance at that point where you sit down with yourself and you're like, you know what? Do I raise concern about this because this is a valid problem Or do I just sit back because I can't change anything? And that in itself is kind of the difference between being passive and aggressive in it. But it's one of the things where you just sit down and you analyze the situation and you say, you know what, if me addressing this problem is going to cause problems for the rest of the project and you just need to get this project done, maybe take the step back. Maybe keep it on your mind as something you got to circle back around to and say, okay, hey, now that we're done with the meat, like the beef of the project, let's look at the potatoes and say, hey, this part of this is not going to work. Now, controversially, if it is something that's going to stop the whole project once it goes live, that's when you got to kind of dig your heels in the sand a bit and say, you know what? Actually, we need to address this. Going back to the project example that I've kind of been alluding to throughout this entire podcast. There were a couple of times where it was like we would have conversations about how the end product should look. 
And one of the things told to me very early on was, hey, we're going to design this website for you. We're going to modernize this website for you per Microsoft's, you know, recommendations because they're dealing, doing away with classic sites. Well, early on to the project, that was the promise. However, as the project went on, well, the scope of the project changed and that was now left out. And they were just going to copy our information as it was over to the new side. And I kind of sat there and that was one of the big things that, you know, it wasn't mission critical. This was something I could fix down the line. Was it going to be more work for me? Sure. Did I probably let somebody make money who probably shouldn't have made money? Yeah, probably. But when other bigger glaring issues were going on, like for example, the fact that my users couldn't go on to the, um, couldn't get to email on their phones. So they were losing contacts when they were following my instructions because I assumed everything would be working by the go live period. And I had no inclination of whether or not that was the case until, you know, after we already started, but that was the bigger problem. I needed to get everybody up and working immediately. And then I could address, all right, well, here's this aging infrastructure that needs to be taken care of. It's on my to-do list. I can test it out in the safe, in the, you know, safety of my own environment. I don't have to involve anybody else. I go from there. You know, another thing though, about being passive is when you are giving yourself the ability to, you know, kind of take a step back, you give other people the ability to step forward and lead things along. Sometimes when, and like, let me iterate on this a little bit more. When you have a project as grand scale as when you're working with multiple different companies and you are the sole representative for yours, you want to lead the project. You want to be able to say, okay, you know, I understand that people A through B or excuse me, A through C only understand this chunk of the project and people D through F only understand this chunk because I understand every aspect of the project. I should be the one leading the charge. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. And unfortunately, you were just going to stress yourself out more and more because you find out that the communication between the A team and the D team is terrible. And you're going to constantly find yourself really just trying to figure out why I you have to explain things like 30 times over to two different groups of people who really don't understand how both teams work. You know, this might have been the first time these teams are talking within months, even though this project's been going on for a long time. And in doing so, when you allow other people to take lead, it gives you the opportunity, even if they don't understand everything, it gives you an opportunity and an insight into their world and makes you understand why they are doing the things that they are doing. You know, again, I've talked about this project in length, and one of the things that I really was agitated with was I felt as though our company had already met all the standards that this project was trying to do, and then some. And to me, it was somebody else coming in and ripping apart our group to, you know, essentially put a little bit of Big Brother into it. When in reality, what I should have done is taken a step back earlier on 
And mind you, I've had conversations, and like, here's the thing too, is if you're in these like situations, having conversations with your team and your management is sometimes some of the best things you can do because it gives you that insight into the other person's world that makes you kind of, you know, maybe not agree with it, but understand why they're doing it. And those conversations I have with my boss, who I consider my, like, consider, excuse me, my mentor through all of this are some of the most, like, prolific, prolific, (laughs) but some of the most, you know, I'm just going to say the best things that I've learned (laughs) this entire project. And just by able, by being able to take that step back, not only do you show a little bit more maturity on your own accord, because you don't have to feel like you're controlling everything. And it's hard. I know, you know, in certain project environments, this is your baby that they're coming in and they're doing everything to, and you look at it and it's just like, you don't understand what you're doing. You don't understand what you're saying, you know, shut the hell up and let me do my thing. But by giving those other people the opportunity to just, you know, speak their piece, then you can kind of figure out ways to make the project go even better. And you start finding out like, well, you know, I hear you saying that you want to go through and let's say, for example, you know, you want to move a copier. You want to move a copier from somebody's office to another side of the building because one person in particular is complaining like crazy that they have to walk all the way across a, you know, 1000 square foot building. To, you know, get to somebody's office. Obviously, it's never just that easy. I'm sure it happens. But by hearing the complaint, by hearing what their, you know, modus operandi is, what they want to accomplish by doing this project, you can then suggest better alternatives to then say, you know what? Hey, I hear what you're saying. I hear the complaint. However, if we do this like this, and something doesn't work, like say for example, the copiers out of the Wi-Fi range. Well, now we have more people that are upset. So let's find a compromise between our existing solution and what you're pro- like promoting here. And you end up just moving the copier in the middle. You know, are there still a little bit of headaches where people may bump into the copier because it's in a spot they used to walk and sometimes people are oblivious? Sure. You're gonna run into, you know, trips along the way both in the literal and metaphorical sense. However, you can then, you know, append that. You can have communications with the people that are impacted with it early on and be like, hey, we're going to move this here. You can put up a poster where you're going to put the copier and section off an area. Be like, hey, you know, this plant is sitting here to let you know the copier is on its way. You know, something. You find more similarities sometimes by being passive in, you know, productive situations. Now, let's just say something, though, and I'm going to turn this around and talk about the cons of being passive in certain situations. And one of the things that come with that is sometimes you don't get that middle ground, depending on what the project is and who you're working with, and sometimes you end up sacrificing your own needs and desires by constantly prioritizing others. When you allow yourself to be passive in these conversations, the problem come or like the problem that ends up result 
the problem, the issue that results from this is you end up start like you start questioning yourself. You get frustrated with yourself. You're like, why didn't I speak up about this? And other people might come to you and be like, hey, why the hell is this here? Because they don't understand that you had this project about moving a printer. They don't understand that you're moving the cheese because, you know, maybe this makes it easier for everybody. They just know that the cheese has moved. In fact, there's a great book. I forget who the author is, so I half-assingly recommending it here. But it's called Who Moved the Cheese? And it's a whole book about how to deal with change in the workplace as a manager. One of which I highly recommend. But, that said, sometimes these people come to you and it ends up making you start to feel resentment towards, you know, the people that you worked with that came up to this decision. You feel frustrated because you sacrificed your own ideas and that of other people to appease somebody else who may or may not be impacted by it in the long run. And most importantly, you start to doubt yourself as a decision maker. And you're like, bro, why did I let this happen? I don't understand it. Also, on top of that, because you allow other people, like when you are passive about certain things, you lose, you can sometimes lose your voice in the conversation if you are way too passive about something. And as such, you lose control and, more importantly, the agency of a project. So, again, let's go back to the project I was working on, where early on to it, or early on to the cutover day, and we realized that we're not going to be able to get everything up and working because communications were not done on their side of the environment. Not only was that one of the grandstanding issues, but another part of it that I was casually prodding about. There's a integration that we use to bring everybody's contact information into their phones from a program we use. We needed that. We needed that day one, really. It's not so mission critical that we can't use it, but it was something that was a key piece to the business. It is now two weeks out from cutover, and we still don't have that piece. And I, by being passive in all this, by being... You know, like, hey, we have this major problem that we need to address first. By not lumping that into the major pro- like problem, I've now created this environment where, unfortunately, I'm at the whims of, you know, the other team. And them taking their sweet-ass time to find a solution that doesn't really work. So now I have to send back and be like, hey, this doesn't work. What do we do? And now I have to wait again to hear back from them. They don't have the same level of urgency as I do because to them, you know, it's a side thing. They don't see what you are dealing with. They don't see your environment. They don't see your world. To those people, it's something they can put off and have a conversation about later on. When on your side of things, you're sitting there with the fire extinguisher like, shit, 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 what do I do? Here's a temporary, here's a temporary solution that I can toss at you. Go nuts with it. It sucks. And lastly, and this is kind of the wor- like the overall worst part of this. When you are passive and you allow things or 
when you're too passive and you allow people to walk over you and you, like really lose your own sense of voice in this entire world as this project continues to evolve you end up starting to breed resentment and frustration both within yourself and the company that you're representing you know going back to that little piece that didn't seem like that big of a thing that even when you talked about it with your lead, they're like, Oh yeah, no, if that's down for a couple of days, it's whatever. But talking purely about the piece that, you know, now has taken two weeks and you still don't have an answer on you end up building resentment. Now, thankfully for my case, I communicated like constantly with my entire company, I'm like, hey, a lot of this is coming from parent company. This is all things that I'm not mandating. These aren't my decisions. If anything, I spent the past couple of months fighting for you. I held my ground. I was very aggressively holding my ground. I wasn't allowing myself to be passive until things unfortunately got out of my hands and I had to let bygones be bygones and run their course because I couldn't control any of it. And it was wrong for me to even try and force myself into those situations and those conversations because I wasn't, I, I had no skin in the game. You know, the only bit that I had was this is impacting me. I can, you know, nudge you and be like, hey, you're doing the thing, you're doing the thing, you're doing the thing. But if they're not doing the thing that you need them to do, it's not, you know, your fault at that point. And you got to understand that too. And I'm partly saying this to y'all as I'm saying it to myself, because it's just like, bruh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But as problems continue to go on and you continue to be passive about it, you end up starting to breed the resentment and the frustration between yourself and the company and the company towards whoever they can point towards. Again, I was lucky enough that I communicated early on that If we have problems post this, you know, event, it's not on me. I've done everything I can do. Y'all have seen the work that I've done. I made it apparent. I gave it all out to y'all. But this is where we stand. And you kind of have to deal with it. It sucks. It's a terrible feeling. And one that makes you realize, like after going through it, where to properly step. You know, you're going to go through projects in life where unfortunately you're not going to have any control over certain aspects of it. It's the way of life. It sucks, but that's the way it is. And when you get to those moments and you survive those projects, in the after effect, when you can actually sit through and like have the conversation of, hey, did I do this right? Did I do this appropriately? Did I have the proper tone? Maybe you'll find out that, yeah, you did. No, you didn't. Here's what you can do next time. And that's the thing, too, that I really want to stress with you. After giving you both the pros and cons, you will live to see another project. You might fuck up on one project, and you know, you yourself might have felt like you fucked up when all your superiors are like, damn, you did a fucking great job. Here's a bonus. When you survive these projects, understand that you have others on the horizon. Take the things that people say to you. Listen to the problems that arise and make mental notes of them in the future. Like, for example, for me, 
this project, I should have hammered down every single little bit and been like, Hey, even though we have this big project or this big critical piece here that's missing, I need y'all to jump on this shit like yesterday. And I'll be honest with you. When I go into the workplace tomorrow, I'm absolutely going to put my thumb down against somebody's neck and be like, Hey, I've given you two weeks. Now people are starting to get upset. We need to find a solution and we need it now. Now, granted, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to talk to my boss about it before I put my uh, thumb down on somebody. But I will tell you his response already. You know, this wasn't our project to begin with. This was something that parent company decided to do. And now they have to reap the benefits. And those benefits are dealing with a, you know, caffeinated, pissed off IT guy. You know, a system admin that really probably should have pushed a little bit harder, but now he's going full on your ass because guess what? I need this fixed and I can't fix it. And I know how to fix it, but you're not listening. Smiles. (laughs) Oh, man. But I hope, I hope listening to this kind of gave you a little more insight into where you need to be. And genuinely, if you want to have a conversation about something that you're going through and you want to know how maybe I would approach it, send me an email. Send an email to plumescast at gmail.com. Let's have a conversation. Let's start a dialogue. And let's talk about your issue. And hell, you know, of course I will always ask before I even bring it onto the podcast. I will always be like, hey man, you know, this was a really great conversation. Would it be cool with you if I talked about this on podcast? You know, never going to expect anybody who says no to, you know, then hear their own problems reworded on the podcast. Like, I'm not going to do that to you. But if you are genuinely, like, debating whether or not you need to approach this in a certain way, hey, send the story to me. Let's have a conversation about it. Because let's be real. The more projects that you survive this way, the more projects that you go through and you see the other side of and things calm down again, the more hindsight you get and the more you learn and the more you experience. And honestly, that's why I love sharing the story with you. This project has been, again, probably number two of the big, you know, cross company projects I've worked on in my life. Been in this industry for 10 years. It, it's a fantastic learning opportunity, even when it all fucks up. And that's kind of where I'm at. You know, we are past it. We're getting past the, all, all the individual issues and I'm moving on to better, bigger and better things. I've proven my worth. I've proven my commitment to the company. Everybody's happy on that front. Now we just figure out the rest. And I hope you are able to take my experiences and all this and apply it to yourself. That's always the goal of the podcast. But as I promised earlier on, before I started going on my whole ass rant, I said I wanted to have a shorter podcast today because I wanted to prove I could do this. I could have a strong podcast, be a little bit shorter, but something I could be really proud of. And next week we're going to talk about perfectionism and talk about, you know, why it's so fucked to be working toward, like, it's always a great goal to go towards perfection, but when you spend your life searching for it, you're going to end up depressed because you're never going to find it 100%. Because every time you fucked up on something, you grew a little bit. You learned a little bit. 
and you keep going from there. But I will save that conversation for next week. If anything, remember, you can find me in the night skies across different platforms. You've got Phantasmal Plumes on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find, or you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube in the form of pods. And you can email the show directly by sending it to plumescast at gmail.com. That email again is plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. Or if the podcast is enough plumes for you, find more topics such as technology and book reviews over at Phantasmagoria of Plumes.blogspot.com. That URL one more time, Phantasmagoria of Plumes.blogspot.com. Guys, thank you all so much for listening in. And as always, I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon. Till next time, everyone. Bye bye.